0: Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler Miller has joined me today, and we are going to talk about the secret to understanding steel.
1: Thanks, Miles. So, why are we talking about steel?
0: Steel is really more important than people even understand. Two and a half trillion dollars is the value of all the steel that was made in the world last year. Parent consumption in the United States is 652 pounds per person. And the true uh, consumption of steel is actually more like 881 pounds. NAFTA, Canada, U.S., and Mexico, accounts for 10.5% of the world's finished steel consumption. Steel, without steel, we really have nothing.
1: Okay, now I understand why steel, but you said you're sharing a secret, which sounds mysterious. Is this going to be all complicated and over my head?
0: Not at all. The secret to understanding steel is quite simple. It's carbon. Carbon, carbon.
1: Carbon, carbon, carbon. Like location, location, location for
0: real estate? Exactly. You win. Yay. Ring the bell. Ding, 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 ding. In the real estate industry, the secret to understanding how any property transaction will be priced is location, location, location. They may pay for it just to bulldoze it so they can build something else there. The location is the value. In order to understand steel, it is carbon, carbon, carbon. Carbon is the determinant of properties in steel.
1: Okay, so why carbon?
0: Carbon is what makes iron Steel. Carbon is present in all steels and is the primary element responsible for the properties that can be developed by cold work or thermal treatment in particular hardness. The strength and hardness of hot rolled steels that is the steels right out of the hot mill increases as the carbon content increases especially in technical term warning Hypoeutectoid medium or low carbon steels. Just as the amount of carbon explains the increase in strength and hardness in these steels, the ductility and the ease of welding these steels decreases or declines as the amount of carbon increases in these grades. Carbon is the primary predictor of a steel's performance. Tell me the carbon I'll tell you what we can and can't do with the steel. Carbon is an important ingredient.
1: And here I thought carbon was just the primary ingredient in my pot roast.
0: Remind me to not come to your house for dinner. (laughs) Not when I'm serving pot roast. (laughs) The burnt offerings and sacrifices can go to somebody else. (laughs) But yes, carbon is so important an ingredient Its level is given in the very name of the grade. In the United States, we use the traditional AISI, SAE, four-digit nomenclature system. In this system, the last two digits of the steel's grade is the approximate average or mean carbon content of that grade. It's the average of uh, what that grade's supposed to be in the range. That's pretty important if you actually stick it in the name of something, right? Right. So can you give me an
1: example of how that works?
0: Yeah, that'll be a great way to explain this. For example, AISI or SAE grade 1010, used in a lot of bolts from cold heading shops mostly, the carbon ranges from 0.08 to 0.1313 weight percent, and the nominal average of the carbon in that range is 10. So 10, 10. The first 10 tells us it's plain carbon, and the second 10 is the approximate average of the carbon in that grade.
1: Mm, hit me with another example.
0: Okay. 1045 is a medium carbon steel, and the range of carbon that's permitted is from 0.43 to 0.50 weight percent. So 45.45 is the nominal average of that range. The last two digits in the grade designation 1045, the four and the five together indicate the average carbon to be expected in that product, 0.45 or almost half a percent. In 1090, a high carbon steel, the range of carbon that's allowed when melting the steel is 0.85 to 0.98, and 0.90 is the nominal average in that range. The last two digits in the AISI SAE grade 1090, therefore, identify this steel as having an average carbon content of 0.90 weight percent in the final product.
1: Okay, I'm getting it. So having carbon in the grade descriptor of the steel makes it easy to understand. You just have to look at the grades.
0: Exactly. Steels can be divided into groupings of similar expectations by that carbon content because the carbon is what helps determine the properties that can be achieved. We classify these groupings in our market as low and medium carbon steels. Those are called hypoeutectoid or below the eutectoid and high carbon steels above about 0.80 weight percent which are called hyper-eutectoid steels including the average carbon content in the grade identifier, is really helpful for selecting steels because that carbon is chiefly responsible for the performance differences between the different grades.
1: This is cool, Miles. I feel like I'm being given a secret
0: decoder ring. You have. Carbon is the basis for the microstructure that can be achieved by either cold working or heat treating. And the microstructure is what it is in the steel that provides the properties that are important to us in our application and processing and use. In the plain carbon and alloy bar steels that are typically run in our shops, that carbon makes up several different constituents.
1: Okay, and what are those constituents?
0: Well, martensite, martensite is a term you may have heard. It's uh, a result of a heat treatment uh, and uh, rapid quench it 's a microstructure that 's created, and perfect definition for that is that martensite is a constituent of supersaturated carbon formed during rapid quenching from high temperatures, and then it needs to be tempered after it 's created it 's the one that most of us think think of you know. Uh, get the steel red hot, stick it in oil, hopefully. In the old days, they'd quench it in a slave, and then uh, sometimes you could quench it in water, a lot of drama there. It's very dramatic. That is the process that provides in, in most of our thinking. That's where martensite comes from. Okay. Austenite is a solid solution of carbon in, uh, in iron, and cementite is an iron carbon compound. It's actually a chemical compound, Fe3C. So in austenite,
1: the carbon is dissolved in the iron.
0: Yes, unlike that crusty deposit on your pot roast.
1: (laughs) Very funny. And that cementite, it is actually a chemical compound?
0: Yes, the carbon is chemically bound to the iron not just dissolved in, in, in that iron. Perlite is a structure that is a mixture of ferrite, which is almost pure iron, and the carbon-containing constituent of cementite.
1: Mixture, how is that different?
0: You know, Carly, let's think about that marinade that you put on that roast. Little bits of onion, garlic, and pepper. They didn't dissolve. They are just mixed in with all the other ingredients.
1: Got it. You just keep picking on my pot roast, don't you? So what are the actual steel aspects affected by carbon?
0: Well, there's a whole bunch of them and they're really important to engineering and performance. Hardness increases as the amount of carbon in the steel increases. Hardenability which is the ability of that steel to achieve a hardness upon heat treatment, that increases as the amount of carbon in the steel increases. The ability to respond to heat treatment increases as the carbon increases. Tensile strength is correlated with hardness. It increases as the carbon increases. Yield strength is an important Uh, characteristic for engineering as well and yield strength increases as carbon content increases the microstructure is really uh, the actual existence of carbon in in the steel and increases of carbon increase the volume fraction of those constituents that contain carbon kind of obvious logically but Nevertheless, ductility is the opposite effect of of hardness and tensile strength. Ductility actually decreases as the amount of carbon in the steel goes up. Weldability as well decreases with increasing carbon content. And finally, work hardening. Work hardening increases in carbon steels and alloy steels as carbon increases as well. So it can get harder when you do cold work if there's more carbon in it than if it's very low carbon.
1: Wow, thanks Miles. I think several of us have Dakota rings now.
0: You're welcome Carly. They can find this information in our latest article in Production Machining Magazine. We'll put a link up with our podcast. And that wraps up today's discussion about the secrets of steel and Cardley's pot roast. <laughs> thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org.
1: Yes, thank you for joining us. And when you're on pmpa.org, take advantage of our new website, where you can search our podcasts, Craftman Crib Sheets, production machining articles, and our webinars.
0: Also, Don't forget to please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Pass the salad, please.
1: (laughs) You're safe with the salad. And if you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see all we have to offer. And Miles, why is a PMPA membership important?
0: Because Because we we are better better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.